This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to MK1 Podcast. You already heard for everything... Milton Keynes Dons back to back wins, lads. It's the first time I've said that in a long, long time. Um, feels a bit weird. I have a bit of a weird feeling, really. I don't really play Accrington in Cambridge, um, but you know, two massive games. And as we'll chat about later on, it's about winning those nuts and bolts games that get you through situations. But um, obviously, we chat about that game, we chat about the other, well, the final sort of basic battle game against Morecambe on Saturday. But before we do all that, I'll introduce the rest of the gents on the call. Uh, Duffy, how you doing, mate? Yeah, it certainly makes a week going a lot nicer um, coming off a win, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And as we know, Acton's a decent little way day up, up that way. So uh, I'm sure you guys had a good time up there. And I'm sure, uh, sure Joe's happy as uh, Ross is. Yeah, I mean, the drive back from Milton Keynes on Sunday morning was a little bit um, uh, hairy. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, you know, a, a Mother's Day that... Um, and I hope you know. Hope there wasn't too many sore heads that forgot about the Mother's Day. But uh, no, it was um, yeah, good, good weekend all round, and um, even sweeter that journey home with the three points in the bag. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's it's a massive three points that you know. I'm sure we'll uh, sort of reiterate the indications of that three points. But yeah, it's, it's one that takes on outside relegation zone, um, and yeah, it reduced. Uh, well, according to analytical models, it reduces. Uh, relegation chances by 25%. So it's a, it's a huge, huge win, probably the biggest of the season so far, um, alongside the Cambridge one. And, you know, your, your three-word reviews kind of sum up what you know, how the game went in many ways. You know, Al, he mentioned his three words were gritted, determined and thorough. Um, and, of course, again, staying switched on, which is a big thing that we've spoken about previously in the podcast where they haven't done that in previous games. Uh, Jonathan mentioned about Livingston back in again, you know, massive impact, two wins, two clean sheets, he just returned to the team. So that just sort of case closed there. Um, Rob mentioned uh, Kai, 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 which yeah, the goal scorer, of course, on the day and had a decent game overall for his trip to Sierra Leone. Uh, and yeah, finally, a regular listener, Ken, said about, you know, um, players stepping up and that's something that hasn't been happening all season either. So again, they're set up when it matters and it's a, uh, yeah, a massive, massive three points on the road. Um, traveling to the Wham Stadium, you know, we went into that game knowing that if Dons could get the three points, they'd step into twenty if replacing Accrington. So a bit of a bit of a switch of positions there. And you know, as we've been seeing from Dons past few weeks, they started the game pretty quickly. Obviously, that the goal wasn't the only chance in in the first 10, 15 minutes. Of course, we had Jack Tucker's header off the line. 
Um, you know, we saw players like Will Greg fighting for the ball in the middle of the box, creating those chances also. Uh, but the goal came from an overlapping run from Kai Kai. Uh, again, Connor Grant involved in that right forward role, um, sort of lays it off to Kai Kai in the overlapping run. He tucks uh, inside and starts into the bottom corner to make it 1-0 Dons and capitalises on um, MK's early domination of the game, really. And the first half kind of carried on like that, to be honest. You know, there was a few other chances where you should have scored a second. Obviously, I know I know Jay will mention the never going over a chance of Moisa, which uh not the first time Paris has done that, unfortunately, this season. But I suppose it is League One and he's a youngster at the end of the day, so he's gonna have some sort of things to learn. Um and yeah, I mean, throughout the game, action didn't really fret too much. I was done to have other chances. Of course, Max Dean had a was a bit unlucky to have his saved uh, his shot saved by Savin in the end towards the middle of the second half. Um, and obviously Mo had a had a half volley that was went out, out of stadium, so that was that also. But you know, Tommy Lee had the only real chance for the uh, the home side, a uh, deflected long shot, which Kevin had a good save from the uh, you know, in another day that goes in the back of the net. And uh, you're saying, How have you not got all three points? But overall, Ross, um a really positive well, positive performance on the whole. Uh, three massive points that, you know, could see the Dons that could exactly be a three points keeps us up, couldn't it, really? Yeah, I think I think you nailed it there in terms of three word reviews, three more points. I think that's at the stage, right at that stage of the season now where we have to just grab them with both hands, um, and then obviously get us out of this situation. But just going on the day, I did did feel uh, first half as you say, Liam, we we controlled the game really nicely. Um, I don't believe they had a shot on target um, in that first half, um, which if you told me away from home they didn't have a shot on target. I'm I'm sitting there pretty confident, and I think that was my feeling around the whole game. Really, I, I felt we felt well. We as a team felt comfortable um, going forward, especially in that first half. Create numerous chances, um, and we looked like more of a team um, defending and going forward. And then in the second half, we got asked a few questions tactically and defensively, and we stood up to a man, and. Um, I do feel like it was pretty much a job done. Um, second half, again, you, you talked about that deflected strike. Yeah, um, it looked pretty comfortable to come in, really. Um, he didn't have to move too much. But yeah, it's a, it's a good um, parry out for a corner. Um, but apart from that, Accrington, I don't want to um, be too negative for their fans, but um, they're probably the worst team I've seen this season, for sure. Um they they tried to pump it up long and they just looked out of ideas really it's similar to Cambridge but obviously Cambridge had that glaring header in that second half which you probably couldn't say that's a chance but Accrington just didn't create enough and when you're going to a six pointer like this um, if you're not creating chances well I, I think you're pretty much doomed and just looking at their running also um, if they can't score against us or even create something against us. They're going to have uh, somewhat find it hard against it, better opposition. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a worrying week for them. Of course, they played uh, Plymouth midweek also and lost that game. So maybe that's more expected, of course, losing to now top of the league Plymouth. But yeah, a very worrying week for them. I know their chairman has been very vocal on uh, what he thinks about football club um, over this week. And of course, you know, he's I think he's had a bit of a karma come towards him, quite frankly, in terms of that front. But um, Joe, what do you reckon to the performance overall? I mean, as, as Ross said, a fairly comfortable one, but an important one. Yeah, I mean, my three word uh, review would be Oh, Milton Keys. <laughs> yeah, no, brilliant. Um, it, it, it was really good. Um, 
comfortable, I think, as Ross said. It, it was... I think that was down to us as much as it was down to Accrington being poor. But, I mean, we didn't give them a sniff, really. And, you know, if you're going to let them take shots from 20... If, you, you know, if, if the best chances are going to come from 25 yards, I think you take that whoever you're playing against. Um, whether you're playing against... Uh, MK Irish or Newport Pagnall or Barcelona, you know, if you can limit the opposition to shots outside the box or half chances from set pieces, you take absolutely all day. Um, we had a couple of really good chances on the break. Uh, Max Dean, um, I think with the Max Dean one, it was a good save and it was a decent effort from Max. I think both, you know, it was a good shot. He'd done well and uh, I think the keeper pulled off a decent save. Magoma, yeah, just, just made the wrong decision. But again, we were getting in the good positions um, to, to to challenge Accrington. And that was whilst we were 1-0 up still, you know. So we, we weren't totally just sitting back. But I think we were comfortable to sit back if we needed to. And that's a side which we have not had to us <laughs> barely this season. You know, we've grinded out a few results. Um, I think back to Portsmouth, perhaps, especially. Um, and I think that, you know, that is... That's you know the last two games we've just been comfortable, not much fuss, and started brightly. Um, that's one thing that's really positive. You know, the game's so much easier if you're one nil up rather than one nil down after ten minutes. I know it's a really simple thing, but um, <laughs> it really does make a huge difference. Um, and I think if 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 for instance the game went longer at nil nil, I think we did have more in the tank. Um, or if Accrington did get an equaliser, I think we had plenty more in us to go and create some more chances. So um, that was my third visit to Accrington and uh, only the second time, oh, well, the first time we've won. Um, and you, you know what, I do, I do feel a bit sorry for John Coleman, the Accrington manager, because they, let's, let's not beat around the bush, their squad's been decimated. They've lost a lot of decent players, you know, the likes of Colby Bishop and Dion Charles have both left. So, you know, their football was very basic and the team was really without any recognisable football league talent other than Sean McConville, who's kind of doing it all on his own, really, from set pieces, essentially. Um, and Michael Nottingham come, came back for the game as well. And he, he's, he's always been a, you know, a fairly decent enough centre-back. But yeah, I, I, think, I think this might be just one season too far for them in League One. But um, yeah, really... Um, really just quite comfortable I think which was it's nice it was you know it was a fairly stress-free game for 75 minutes of it which is rare considering the the um, position in the table really yeah most definitely yeah it's been a pretty tough, tough old season and I think um, you know Accrington do, do go down this year I think a lot of their players will be will be scooped up by some of the higher league one teams so it's certainly not a bad squad overall in my opinion um, and they just got to find themselves a difficult spot, but like ourselves, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned about being a stress-free afternoon, Joe, and I think two lads um, who really, uh, well, the whole team contributed to it, but the two lads especially that contributed to it was was uh, the ever-present Dean Lewington and, of course, Jack Tucker also, who I think as a as a duo, um, especially since Lewis come back, have really, really blossomed as a as a team. And, of course, tonight Watson filling in at right centre-back also has kind of made that back three slash four, we want to include Jamie coming a really, really prominent force. Um, you know, yes, we're playing teams towards the bottom of the league, but arguably these are the most important games they're stepping up for us. You know, we highlighted Jack Tucker on, on the, um, on the pod account, you know, um, over double digits in terms of defensive duels, uh, one, um, you know, plenty of clearances on the day, um, got man of the match in terms of rating via sofa score. So, 
Um, Ross, obviously, Louis coming back has really saved the ship on that front. But we always we said in the podcast that we're really interested to see what happens to Jay uh, to Jack Decker once uh, Louis comes back. And you know, lo and behold, it's it's brought him into or blossomed him really in many ways. Yeah, of course it has. I think I think it's calmed him right down in terms of um, he he knows he's, he's got somewhat a reliant reliant centre back next to him. Uh, that's not saying Jules is a bad footballer. I just don't feel like his primary primary position is centre half. I believe he's probably a left back at, at best. Um, but maybe maybe um, just being a centre half was just a bit too much for him. But just going on Tucker, um, just looking at the se- second half, we got we got asked to dug in deep, and I think Tucker was the, at the main mantelpiece of that of that back line in terms of winning his duels. Um, he was getting asked questions going long and he was just rising to every header and he, he was winning all of his duels and he was, he was just standing up and it's actually nice to obviously heap praise on him because of obviously I'll hold my hands up now and say um, he, he's had his blunders this season and I think all this team have and we don't like speaking negative about these foot sort of footballers but we just want the best for this football club and I'll happily bite my own tongue or my own words as such, um, about any player if they prove me wrong. And I'll hold my hands up and say, look, for these past two games, Tucker's been a standout. And I'm just, it's disappointing because of, um, obviously, the, the last couple of months, obviously, where we find ourselves where we are. It's just a case of um, everyone's waited till Lewington's come back. And uh, we just look so much more co- composed. And yeah, as I said earlier, second half, we didn't look troubled at all. Yeah, it is amazing how much one man can just change the whole sort of mood around a, a group of individuals uh, as it was at the time because they weren't really playing as a team uh, on the whole. You know, everyone who watched the, the MK Dons throughout those months for Livington wasn't in the squad could tell that they were playing their full potential. And, you know, Joe Lewis come back and not saying it's, it's his it's his sole responsibility to do what he's done, but he's played a big part in it, hasn't he, really? Yeah, and I think as well, it's not necessarily been Lewington's performances, but it's more been his presence, I think, because he's almost just got best, the best out of others, I think. And it's just in terms of taking the pressure off them. Um, it's you know, I think they had Accrington had a corner or two or three corners in a row right in front of us in the first half. And you could see doing weak bloody hearing, Dean Lewington, you know, absolutely just shouting at the guys, you know, stay alert you know, stay with your man, do that, you know, you could you could hear him just, you know, just a little bit of encouragement, making sure the players are ready. And it's just and as well, with this, Jack Tucker, he's he's the central centre back. He is the main man now in that back three. Um whereas before, you know, him and Jules, it was just a bit soft it felt. And I think now with him being in the middle, it allows him to be that because I think he's one of them where he likes to be quite aggressive and almost gamble when he goes for a person um, goes to try and get win the ball straight away and he was doing that and you know one thing as well just with Tucker is a lot of the time he's very sort of agile like he won't just boot it out for a throw in a lot of the time he will hook it in and play it down the line um, and he's quite clever with how he clears the ball he's not just uh, yeah as I say lump it out for a throw in at any opportunity um, but I think Jack Tucker he's almost been indicative of I think I'd put three categories of the players we've signed this year and you've got a group of first team players that were expected to be first team regulars and you've got people like 
Jack Tucker, Ethan Robson, Bradley Johnson in that group. And they've let's not make any bones about it, they were signed to be in the first team in, in the summer. And they've really flattered to deceive this season. But we've seen flashes from especially Tucker um, and even Johnson at times, but they're you know, there is something there. There's some real talent there. And it's just the consistency has been well off. Um, and then you've got, you know, the likes of Connor Grant, who I think we're going to get on to, where he's a younger player who at the start of the season was probably expecting 10 or 15 appearances and not to be playing that much. But at the start of the season, he was playing sort of 15, 20 games in a row. And we were having to rely on people like Connor Grant or Dawson Devoy um, or Henry Lawrence because players we did bring in to be first team regulars just weren't good enough and then the third person which I know we're going to get on more um, in a moment is Sully Kaikai and he's been signed to help solve this mess and I have to say that I think every single person signed in January has is a big big green tick next to them bar Anthony Stewart who we haven't actually seen yet but uh, you know I think there's you know that's the three basic um, signings we brought in this summer people that we wanted to be first team regulars but have been inconsistent which has then led to the younger players, which we were hoping to ease in, then having to be thrown in at the deep end. And some have sank, some have swam at times. Uh, for instance, this is one of the games where Conor Grant has swam, but we've also seen it go the other way. Um, but no, I'd have to say the January signings have been nailed. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, none more so than Sully Kaiko, right? Absolutely. Um, before we get into Kai Kai, though, obviously there's been a lot of chatter about um, Anthony Stewart coming back. He's on the grass, he's training, he's taken part in full training sessions, which is a positive sign. Do we think he just slots into that right centre-back role um, in the back three, or do we think there's a bit of a rejig in terms of, um, is it like, do we switch formations, Ross? Do we think that Stewart maybe takes a different role as to what Tucker or Louis is in? What do you reckon? Well, it's a bit of a weird one because obviously you could you could obviously argue for him to just slot back straight back in, but obviously these past two performances, that the defensive um, performance has been pretty much top notch. Yeah. So you can't really pick apart the defensive performance. So um, it, until we're versing stronger opposition, we won't really know how how tested we actually have been because of obviously Pompey, Derby, the next up and coming games, we expect them to create more chances than what we. We've obviously given Accrington and Cambridge, so I think it's it's hard to judge. Um, but obviously, we've talked about experience in this team. We've got quite a um, young bunch of um, talent in this squad where we've tried to obviously um, put in at the start of the um, season, and it just hasn't worked out. So, in my eyes, I probably would put him in for tonight, but obviously... That at the, at this current time, there's no need to rush him um, through training because of we've kept two clean sheets in a row. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think tonight is the obvious person he replaces um, for me, Kai Kai. If we play it as long, I mean, maybe when we do come up against bigger opposition, maybe we want to go more defensive, and and tonight goes to that right wing back slot. But tonight has been exemplary. Um, Sully Kai Kai has been exemplary in that position in the two or three games he's played there so far. Um, you know, so for me, uh, he slots in right centre-back. But as Ross said, you know, we, we, I think Jules is back in a couple of games. Personally, I would, Jules is not, not in, in the first team for me. Um, but it just gives us a bit more, just gives us options. 
which is nice to have in defense, which we've not had options for three months. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're completely right with Kai Kai. You know, I think he's I think he's been the signing of the January window so far. I think, you know, he's he's played multiple positions uh, since he joined. Obviously, um maybe right more right forward, but forward like Connor Grant's playing now, but as as I mentioned, more wing back these past couple of games and of course got the winning goal against Sacrington. A uh, lovely finish where he cut it on his on his weak foot, I believe, and slotted it into the bottom corner. Of course, gone on the international duty play today for Sierra Leone. Um, so unfortunately, we'll miss the the Morecambe game. But you know, we've fortunate in fact we have Jonathan Lecco back for this game. So hopefully, that's a bit of a like for like in many ways. But I mean, Ross, how impressed have you been with with Sully coming into the team and obviously not playing too much football for Wickham, but has come straight in and really impressed us. I've, I've, I think he's got a point to prove in terms of his contract. Um, he got signed till the end of the season and obviously he's took that on the chin and said, All right, I'll play I'll play for the shirt. And I think in recent performances he ha- he has done that, no matter where he plays. He just wants to get on the pitch, get some game time and uh show us what he's worth because of um at, obviously in the summer he wants clubs to fight fight over him like all these players do at the end of the day. Um the agents obviously want want all these high profile clubs to come in for them. And um, Sully's making a case for himself in terms of the new contract in the summer. Um, but just on his performance, he's, he's, I think he's really positive in the way he approaches the game. Um, he's always tries to go on the front foot, beat his man, and then see what, what, what happens beyond that. Um, and then obviously, we haven't seen it too much um, as of yet, but his quality in the final third, I believe he's got, is it two goals now this season? Um, I believe both, it is, yeah. both, both goals have been well worked. Um, of his and um, let's just hope that form continues after he comes back from uh, international absolutely and of course a man who is is also getting in the goal contribution um, sort of ranking also all season really but particularly in the league at the moment is of course Connor Grant um, I forgot the exact number he's on currently but I believe it's six in all competitions when it comes to goals and assists for the year um, and for a player who all goals you know, five assists I was a four and five bloody hell fair enough um, yeah. seen more than I thought then. So again, yeah, but half of them were against a non non league side in the FA Cup. <laughs> well, it's the it's old, like the old count. boy. Half his numbers have came against non league. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, regardless of whether it's six or nine, obviously for a player who's been uh, you know fairly vocal about his frustrations this season and not getting as much game time as he maybe wanted or struggling to find the roles that he wanted to get in, Joe, obviously a, a pretty impressive campaign and. Maybe he's found a position after all, right forward. Yeah, I think this is the thing with these young players. They've they've had difficult times at times. You know, Matt Dennis, he's he was thrown in for what twelve games in a row, and then he's basically been bombed out the side. Ever since, look, we don't know everything that goes on, so it's not for us to speculate, I guess. But um, you know, and then you have got Connor Grant, who he was quite a key fixture in the Manning, and then he played a few games, and then as we said, he didn't start after Portsmouth away and he played really well that game as well um, and he's one of them where I remember Morecambe away some of the touches he had just moments of class you know they're match winners but then we also have seen him go missing in games and that is the thing with young young players when you've not got experience around because it's um, the class of 92 everyone always goes on about you can't win anything with kids and they did win it with kids however they also had, you know, the likes of, uh, was it Pallister, Steve Bruce, Mark Hughes? They had the experience around them so that, you know, if if you haven't got a, one of the kids on it, where, as you know, they can be, 
you know, you've got the experience around them to help, to help them. And we just have completely lacked that this season. And now you're starting to see the likes of, you know, Sully Kaikai is in his mid-20s. Ice is back. He's in his mid to late 20s. Um, you've got Dean Lewington back. Um, you just, I've certainly seen Jamie come in, but he's been a bit more vocal in recent weeks. So even if it is to the uh, away <laughs> fans at full time, um, he's not really been able to do that much this season. But, you know, I think we've really seen personalities come out in the last couple of weeks. And I think that's allowed youngsters and younger people to come in and flourish. You know, Max Dean, he's been pretty good off the bench in the last couple of games. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about the environment for these young players. Last season, you, you had uh, Scott Twine uh, thriving in, with around experience and also youth, you know. So, it, it it's all about the environment. And when it's a winning environment, it's very conducive to helping. But I think sometimes you do need that grit and the experience to get you out of those moments. So, um, hopefully there's more moments like this for Connor because... Um, he came in after Lecco, you know, got sent off, didn't he? And he's, he's really done a good job for us so far. So I'm really happy for him. Yeah, and I think in, in recent times, you know, with the, with the youth in particular, in terms of our, our young players, you know, a lot of them have been from other clubs. So I wouldn't say um, many of our younger players have come from our own academy. Um, you know, I think the most recent example I can think of is is obviously David Kasimu, who's been on Huddersfield Town now. But in, in the past, the Dons have shown a real... Um, you know, a real knack for sort of growing these, these young players coming into the first team and getting regular football. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it is to do with the recent transition and in the youth set, of course. I know Sammy wanted to, Sammy wanted to talk about this in terms of uh, how, how do we feel about the lack of youth coming through the Don system. But I think many people appreciate that, um, you know, the recent recent head of youth development has left the club um, who's done it the past couple of years in John Goodman. So the likes of um, Jack Davis, Brooklyn Alunga, uh, David Kasuma in some ways were under his stewardship. Um and he's left he's left the club now and um Liam Sweeting was meant to be looking for a replacement. Um but he of course had to postpone that to uh, look for a new head coach before Mike, Mike Jackson joined. Um and of course, you know, there's a pretty good chance that Brooklyn Lunga is that next person we've seen to come through the academy, having a great um loan spells this season and you know you'd like to think that whether we're in League One or League Two next year. Uh, hopefully the former, um, that, you know, Brooklyn will be in the squad next year and challenging. You know, I think whenever he's been in the the sort of cup games, he's done pretty well. Late in Orient comes to mind with his performance there. Um, but, I mean, what do we think about the youth system, lads? I know it's something that, you know, this club kind of, well, it's definitely used to pride itself on. Um, I'm sure it still does in many ways. But, Ross, we always like to see young players come through. It's just not happened recently, has it? Yeah, and it hasn't really happened since COVID days, really, has it? I haven't really not, heard not much remember, about no. it. No, good, good three years or two, three years. Um, but just overall on the whole, that whole setup, um, obviously that that comes with money and that comes with obviously how well you're doing. And I just feel like at the moment the the club, especially last season, put put um, most of eggs in obviously the transfer budget. Obviously Mo didn't come cheap. Obviously we, we recruited Twine after losing Fraser. So I think a lot of it has gone into the first team. That's not to suggest that, obviously, um, we've neglected the youth system as such. But um, we've got a few. We've got a few on the radar, like obviously Callum Tripp. It'd be some someone I'd be looking at, obviously, to extend his deal. But um, in terms of youth, I'm not going. I'm not going to blag and say that I know what I'm speaking about um, in terms of what's coming through next. 
it's just a case of you see a few highlights on um, Twitter and then you kind of just go from there sort of thing. So I'm not too sure on that front, but um, it's nice to see, obviously, a longer. Obviously, I know he got injured, um, but let's just hope um, it can be competition for, obviously, Harvey come next season. Yeah, I know there's been a few questions as to like why we're seeing so many um, young players on loan this season. And that, and that is mainly why, is because there's no real, like, um, no solid setup at the moment to, for them to actually progress and develop their careers. So they're better off going to like the Worldstones, to the Oxford Cities, et cetera, et cetera, to, to, you know, just get game time essentially and see where they can go. But I think there's definitely an argument, Joe, to added in this season to getting younger talent from different teams. Of course, Ireland this year, of course, Rochdale with Connor Grant. And, and, you know, obviously it's a bit hit and miss sometimes, but I think there's, I think there's definitely an argument to have a combination of grabbing younger talent from other clubs, but also developing your own, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's something, you know, we've had a good history of, you know, you think of people like Thomas Sante, Shimanga, Giorgio Rizzulu, the Bulldog Brothers, um, it, it, we've, uh, De- Deli Alley. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I think, you know, we've got, the, I think the two shining lights for me are Brooke Alunga and, uh, and Callum Tripp, definitely. I mean, Callum Tripp was better than bloody most of our players in pre-season, to be quite honest with you. Maybe that was a sign of things to come. Um, <laughs> um, but I think um, I think he, I think we've um, you, you, Dean Barker I've seen he, he start, started doing some things with um, I think we partnered up with um, like a Belfast League or something like a Northern Ireland yes League, yeah you know something like that so you know I think we are working on these pathways um, I noticed people like Sorinola you know obviously Sorinola came through he um, he was one of the where we signed he got released from Fulham when he was sort of 16 or so. So I think we're more sort of doing that rather than, because, you know, academies for what they cost, you know, I think, um, I think for instance, if you want like a category one or, or, or the category above academy, you need to spend a minimum of sort of a million plus a year. And it, it's, it's it, you know, that's, it's difficult to make feasible for a club our size, really. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of catchment area in the Bedfordshire area, and Buckinghamshire area, and you've only really got Wickham and Luton to compete for. And Wickham's over an hour away, and Luton's a good forty minutes plus. Um, and then in like even Northamptonshire, you've only really got um, Northampton Town um, as well. So you know, th- you'd like to think that the ca- in the catchment area, you know, it's not as if there's a um, an absolute monster in the area who, who like a Liverpool or a Chelsea or a Manchester United. So you'd like to think maybe we could be doing a bit more around that sort of level again I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert um, but I think this season um, with the squad being so big you know players haven't really had chances I mean we saw under Russ the likes of John Freeman get a chance yeah and they look they look they looked all right you know they weren't standouts but I think it's maybe just due to the size of the squad that doesn't help really with the academy players and I think you know if you've got two left backs or if you've got three left backs one of them's a 20-year-old from a Premier League club. One of them's Dan Harvey and the other one's Brooke Well, even if Brooke might be better than the loan player you've got, you're probably going to play the loan player because you've got him in from a Premier League club. So, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's mainly down to the size of our squad. Um, and it's just, it just does seem like they're going through a bit of a transitional era at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of them where maybe we don't actually see the wheels churning until maybe two years' time. But it does seem under behind the scenes that we're starting to get back towards a better direction. 
Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of talent in Milton Keynes since the club came. Obviously, you know, Delhi's mentioned Ben Chilwell was in the area before he went to Leicester. Um, so yeah, there's definitely people. There's definitely talented youngsters in Milton Keynes. Of course, there is. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just getting them and getting them involved with the project, and that is difficult right now because there isn't one or not a not a solid one. So um, yeah. Right, Joe. Before we uh, before we head off for a little break, um, obviously I said to you last week we'd get you involved in a little game. So we're doing this or that, your version this time. So do you know the rules? I'm sure you do. Oh yes, it's, it's not. Do I get any points or? Um, I've, well, any I mean, points I think available? We'll leave that to the listeners. I think you have turned on your answers. <laughs> right, okay. Right. Are you ready, mate? Go for it. Good stuff. Right here we go. First one. Keith Andrews or Darren Potter? Darren Potter. Poor choice. I, Keith I Andrews out. a little bit. Keith Andrews is a little bit. I, I sort of started 2011, 2010 sort of time. So Fair enough. A little bit, a little bit before my era, I'm afraid. A bit more of a recent one for you then. Uh, Kieran Agard or Mo Issa? I really can't believe you've had the audacity to ask me that question. <laughs> Mo Issa all day long. I'd never get you. And as Lionel Richie would say, all night long as well. Okay, this one's a bit more, a bit of a hard one, maybe. Uh, a Lewington statue when he retires, or the away end renamed after him. What about a statue outside the away end? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that works. Um, no, yeah, I think yeah, the statue. You know why? I think um, for me, it's always I've always been, um, you know, what? Uh, why want someone something bad to happen? to someone else over something good to happen for you, if that makes sense. Good answer, good answer. Uh, Carl McFadson or Joe Walsh? Oh, goodness. That, that's a good, interesting one. On his day, Joe Walsh was championship standard easily. And, you know, Fadson has gone on to prove that he is championship standard. Um, I think Joe Walsh is one of them great shames, really, that he had four or five seasons where he could only play half a season. A real classy player, but... Um, I mean, you've got to hand it to Faz with his longevity, haven't you? So, uh, yeah, I'll go for Carl McFadden. Cool. Uh, final two. Uh, Chadwick or Bowditch? <laughs> oh, God. That, this one is a tough one, actually. Um, I think one of the first big games I went to was... Um, uh, I think it was MK Dons versus QPR in the FA Cup, and we drew one all, and Bode scored that game. That was like one of my first few games. And... Um, for that, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, but I love Chadwick. Like, he was just an absolute nutter. And he's actually... He, he, I've, I've discovered he's got a bit of sense of humour with some of the media work <laughs> he's been doing since his, since the end of his career. So, um, um, I'm going to go Bodes on that one. Although, Final. I did ask him in, uh, hospita- in hospitality before if he'd come on the pod, and he said no. So, um, mm. Yeah. A tough place to take that one. Uh, <laughs> and finally, uh, Samirka Rubbers or Gleason? Oh, I think Gleason. I think Carruthers on his day was unbelievable, but he didn't have. He, he, he was very good. Don't get me wrong. He got moved to Sheffield United on the back of playing for us. But Gleason, yeah, I think he was he was a bastard, weren't he? But he was our bastard. Yeah. So it's, it's so yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic player. Uh, scored some really important goals for us. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of those answers. I think overall, there are some pretty decent ones. Andrew's one's an interesting one, but I think it depends on when you start following the club, really. Circumstance, uh, I think that's uh, Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, cool. We'll take a quick little break and then we'll get into our Morgan preview with, uh, with Dave Salmon. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the latest opposition overview. Uh, for the third time this season, we are playing uh, a team from North Lancashire and Morecambe. Uh, and for the third time this season on the podcast, we have the pleasure of welcoming on Dave uh, onto the podcast. Dave, how are you doing? Liam, thanks for having me back on uh, yet again. Great to be here. Yeah, and it seems to be every time you come on, Dave, the games get more and more important between us two. Because obviously, we had the first game at the start of this, towards the start of the season, which wasn't a big one. Uh, second game of the season was the Carabao Cup game, which obviously was quite a late stage of the tournament. And this one for both teams, um, despite our results recently, it's still a massive game, isn't it? It's absolutely enormous, isn't it? I think uh, a lot has certainly happened uh, between the two sides. Uh, over the uh, the course of the season. I think it's fair to say from your point of view, your season hasn't gone to plan, to say the least, given how well you played and, and your league position uh, last season. I thought back in August when you played us at the Mazuma, you looked a really good team. I know you had a, a few different players in the starting lineup that day uh, who aren't at the club or, or, or are injured. But uh, I thought you still looked the real deal then, to be honest with you. And uh, the Carabao Cup... Yeah, least said about that, the better, really. It was a, <laughs> something of a training game, wasn't it? It was one of those weird atmospheres at, at Stadium MK because there weren't many people in. It was like it was like going back to the COVID days and uh, not much to shout about on the pitch. You just passed it around at, at walking pace and comfortably won the game. So uh, I suppose we owe you one on Saturday. Well, potentially. I mean, let, let's chat Morecambe season so far. Obviously, I know it's, it's one where we're both towards the bottom of the table, so... Um, I mean, more for us compared to last season, it's a bit more of a, a shock to them maybe what it is for you guys um, with, the, with the different budgets that are in League One. Obviously, you guys be on a lower budget end. But yeah, chat to you about your season so far and, and recent events. It's chalk and cheese home and away, Liam, is, a, is, is, is it in a nutshell, really? If um, home form only counted, we would be comfortably in mid-table. I think we'd be about 12th uh, on, on home form. We didn't start great at home, but then we picked up uh, from about middle of October uh, through until uh, quite recently, uh, we only lost once in 12 games. Obviously, then uh, lost a couple of games ago and obviously the draw against Oxford uh, last Saturday. But uh, home form would be absolutely fine. So on that basis, we know we can compete with most teams in the division, which is so frustrating given our absolutely abject, dreadful, there's no other word to describe it really, uh, it's just abysmal our away form uh, for various reasons. We've won just once on the road all season. Uh, that was six months ago, back in the middle of September at Forest Green Rovers. That was a scabby last minute 2-1 winner as well. Uh, so just a one win. I think we've drawn five times as apart from that. And uh, we've lost all of the rest in, in a lot of the away games. We've been comprehensively played off the park, really. It, 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 it's as simple as that. A few of the games we've probably deserved more than, than what we actually got in our defeats. I, I think that's fair to say. Probably could have got a few more draws and, and with a, a fair breeze behind us, maybe one or two more. 
fact as well. But the fact remains, we've got just eight points on the road all season. And that's basically why we are where we are. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, in terms of the home and away stuff, um, so a lot of Milton Keynes Dons fans can relate to that, but the role reversal, you know, with away from away from home, we're mid-table pretty much. Um, if I was winning exactly, I think we're top 10 now. But, yeah, home form, we're... <laughs> Luckily, we're winning against Cambridge the other week. It took us from the bottom to 23rd, so, you know, a miraculous turn of events there. But, yeah, I mean, it's literally roles reversed for both our teams, so, and uh, it's just it's so strange, so strange. I don't, I don't comprehend it personally. I think um, there are the big guns in League One, of course there are, and I know our manager Derek Adams is always at great pains, and I think he's by and large is right in saying this that if you're up against, let's say, an Ipswich, and they can go out in the January transfer window and and buy two players for seven figure sums, and they've got nine hundred thousand pound strikers who aren't even coming off the bench. And then you've got to go to a Premier League academy side and pick an 18-year-old on loan who's never played a senior game of football. And you're pitching those two teams together. It's not a fair fight, is it? Let's, let's be honest about that. Especially when you're going away from home to 25,000, 30,000 uh, fans in a stadium such as Portman Road and Hillsborough and Pride Park. You can't compete. You've got to catch the opposition on a really, really bad day. And you've got to play absolutely out of your skin to get anything out of the game. I think that's just that's just the reality of it. it, it it's more the, uh, what I would call the nuts and bolts games, really. I think we've been a bit disappointing. The games where we should have competed, and in the home fixture, we have competed and, and, and got a positive result, where we've gone away, and we've, again, we've just not turned up. So, yeah, you can kind of say that Derby and Ipswich and Plymouth and, and, and other big sides, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, they're a bit of a free hit, because I think that's what they are when you go to away to places like that. But the also-ran teams, the mid-table teams, we haven't competed against those either, unfortunately. Not away from home, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Hillsborough, went one up, two one up, and st- still lost. I think it was five two in the end. So uh, <laughs> I just showed you right, the you difference had a great in quality. Day out there, Liam, didn't you? I suppose. It was, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I've, I've heard some good things about Accrington uh, weekend last weekend, which I was going to miss out on. To be honest, it's one of my favourite away days in the league. Accrington, it's really, really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the nuts and bolts games. You know, luckily for for MK, the nuts and bolts games have actually done well in this season. You know despite the poor quality in the team compared to last year, um, we've actually won the majority of, of our games down down the bottom of the league. And it's the games where we've, um, I said, gone to Ipswich, gone to Sheffield Wednesday, played those teams where we really struggle. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, ch- you spoke about Derek Adams. Uh, chat to you about him. He's made some interesting comments in the media recently. I think he does most weeks, Liam, to, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's just the kind of guy he is. Um I think Derek is obviously at the moment because of our league position and uh, the way we've played, not just the way, but uh, for most of the season, he is much maligned. I think the fans are completely split, really. In fairness, there's probably more against him than there are for him at the moment. And I think that's a little bit unfair, to be honest, because we are competing. uh, We are punching above our weight. There's no doubt about that. But I I would always say that we are in League One on merit. We got promoted because we deserve promotion from League Two. And we stayed up last season because there were, well, in the end, there were five worse teams than us. So, you know, we are where we are and we deserve to be uh, in this division. There's no doubt about that, despite the discrepancy between the top and the top size and and, and the bottom size in terms of playing budget and squads and that kind of thing. Um, A lot of the fans... Uh, don't like Derek's tactics. And they think he's too defensive. Uh, we don't attack enough. We don't play as many strikers on the pitch than, than than we should and all this kind of stuff. And I think what hasn't helped the situation is we've not played with much of 
what I would call a settled formation for most of the season. Every game or every couple of games, it seems to switch to a back four and then back to a back three and then a five and then one up top and two up top and one up top and two beyond. And it's it's been game by game almost. And I suppose there is a school of thought that, you know, yeah, you match your opposition, you try and play to the opposition and, and, and don't let them get the advantage. But for me, you play your best team and you let the opposition worry about you. And I think there's a balance to be to be had there. So certainly a lot of the fans uh, aren't very happy about that. I mean, it, it's borne out in the stats, really, because the problem we've had recently is uh, shots on, on goal, really. And, and that, that's going to be uh, potentially our downfall towards the end of the season. We're not shooting enough. We're not getting enough on target, not getting enough shots full stop, really. And if you don't shoot, you don't score. You don't score, you don't get enough points. And, and and that could be the problem. In general play, we're, we're actually okay. Most games, we in general play and, and possession and that kind of stuff, we're okay. We're, we, we compete. We're not not played off the park, really. It's just uh, not scoring enough. And we start to leak very, very sloppy goals as well. If you can take a good corner, you'll put us on, under all sorts of problems at the moment, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 in terms of Derek, uh, the, the opinion is split. But what I would say with Derek is... Whatever he says, he always says it for a reason. It's always a very considered response. He's, he's always quite calm and collected in that point of view. So, uh, yeah, it does rub up fans the wrong way. There's no doubt about that. But if we stay up, he'll be the hero again, won't he? Absolutely. And I think, you know, for your guys' perspective, getting three points here is is an absolute must, really, isn't it? Staying up, I mean, whether you pay too much attention to analytical models, things like that, you know, the Dons beating Atkinson, um last weekend reduced their relegation chances by 25%. Um, and it increased the likes of yourselves in Accrington's by almost double in many ways. This is how how much of influx that game had. So I think, you know, you only had one win away from home this season, as you mentioned, against Forest Green, who are by far and away the worst team in the league. Everyone can agree on that. So I think, you know, Derek and Carlo have to find a way to get three points here. And, you know, looking at, actually, look, you mentioned data, looking at your data, you know, you're a team who don't really press too much. Neither do we really, but we don't really press too much because we have a lot of the ball. Um, whereas you guys don't seem to I've have the ball or the all the all the sort of pressing style. So how you mentioned about the defensive style, do you reckon that Derek Adams will go with that again again on Saturday? I anticipate we'll go with the back three and the wing backs. Um the, the problem we've got is we've not really had uh, much up top in the last few months in terms of what you call senior strike options. We've been relying on Cole Stockton a, a lot. He's only got five goals this season. There are a number of reasons why he's only got five goals this season when he scored 26 uh, last time out. One of the main reasons for that is we're not creating anywhere near as, as many chances as we were last season. Uh, under Stephen Robinson, so Certainly, we were creating chances for fun, leaking like a sieve at the back, but creating up top. And if you get enough chances, you're going to put some in the back of the net, aren't you? And, and I think Cole also had one of those great seasons where uh, everything he touched flew into the back of the net, uh, which was was obviously incredible at the time. And he's not, he's not quite replicated that either. But he was the only senior striker in the squad for a while. And so we've got no money. Transfer windows closed. We've uh, had to dip into the the free agents market so yeah i've seen a few of, of those yeah <laughs> well out of nowhere suddenly we're taking over we, we, we're turning ourselves into senegal from about 2014 uh we've signed umar nias who not a, a million years ago everton paid about 13 million pounds for so make of that what you will is he's, he's a bit rusty because he's not played for 14 months but he's clearly a footballer and then we signed another uh at left back uh, papa soiree who uh, was a uh, regular for crystal palace until he had that 
major car crash a few years ago. So his his career's obviously not gone the way it would have liked. So uh, we we have strengthened. We've had to get a couple of bodies in. Um, I think we'll go about three on Saturday, though. And um, personally, I would like to see Stockton and Umar Nias play as a, as a front two. And I think if we play a back three, that would allow us to do that. We might have to sacrifice one of our attacking midfielders, perhaps, to do that. But we've just got to find the result from somewhere. And the, the statistics are damning, Liam, really. I mean, we, yeah. we drew uh, one all away at uh, Cambridge a few Tuesday nights ago. And that was our first point since uh, we got a, a last-minute draw at Wickham back in October. And we hadn't scored for six games. I think we'd lost 10 on the, in a row. So it, it, the, the statistics are absolutely damning. But I suppose they are, you know, runs are there to be broken, aren't they? If we win on Saturday, it'll be our first away win for 190 days. And that tells its story. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that is uh, pretty impressive, to be fair. Mm. Um, and yeah, I hope to see some uh, Senegal flags in the away end on Saturday for the Senegalese shrimps now in uh, <laughs> yeah, the and tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, before we get on to obviously our game on Saturday and just how you think, you, know, you mentioned about the, the sort of lineup and some players you want to feature. I mean, the previous test was a big game for you, Oxford. How did you how did you get on against obviously Liam Manning's Oxford now? A little bit surprising actually. Um, we got a, a, a last I'll say a last minute. I think it was about eighty seventh minute uh, equaliser and a one all draw and. On balance of play, a point apiece uh, was about right. Uh, I was a little surprised that that Liam didn't revert to his revert to type. Really, uh, he played a flat back four, uh, which I think surprised us a little bit. We went with a back three, um, and, and you can see the kind of football that Liam Manning likes to play. I mean, you know about it all, all too well, of course, don't you? Possession heavy, recycling the ball, pass, 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 will pass you to death. Uh, and I, it didn't really work. I, didn't, I don't think Oxford quite had the players to to, to pull that kind of uh, uh, way of playing off. I, I think Oxford are going to be okay, actually. They looked, they looked neat and tidy enough without really threatening, didn't have much up front, looked relatively solid at the back. Um, but we were utterly toothless up front. Uh, we conceded a, a really cheap goal. Um, until then, I think it was six of the last seven goals we'd conceded were direct from corners. Oh. Uh, so like I say, if, if you've got a good corner taker on Saturday, then uh, you, you might be in business, to be honest. But this this goal was uh, conceded on Saturday. It was just a switch off at the back. Story of our season. Defend really well for 40 minutes. Switch off for a second. Ball's in the back of the net. And uh, we scored from pretty much our only other shot on target, but it was in the 87th minute. So point of piece about right. Um, but it, it needed to be more. It needed to yeah. be a win, and it wasn't a win. And we can't keep saying, similar to yourselves and similar to Cambridge, similar to Accrington, we can't keep saying, oh, we did pretty well in, in general play. Where, you know, they didn't play us off the park. We've got to get the ball in the net, and we've got to keep the door shut at the other end because we're simply going to run out of games. So I think that puts the added impetus on on Saturday, away form aside. We just need to part that. We need to forget about it. And from somewhere, we've got to pull a result out of the bag. I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to have to find a way. <laughs> I mean, who, who are some players that potentially get that result out of the bag for you? So um, the, the the two strikers who I've mentioned, the, there's yeah. always there's always a goal in Cole uh, if we give him the right service and he gets the ball in the right area. You know he's going to be dangerous. Um, Umar Nias has, um, has showed flashes. He's very rusty in terms of his match sharpness, though, because... He hasn't played. I think it was uh, last February's his last game for uh, Burton, for, right? For Burton Albion. Now I spoke to Ed Walker uh, and a couple of other Burton Albion fans, and they raved about him. They said he was brilliant for them, and they couldn't believe that he'd been released. But 
he didn't find the club in the summer and he's been a free agent ever since. So he is rusty. He's obviously a, there's obviously a player in there because he wouldn't have signed for Everton and be an international footballer, would he? But hopefully he can come to the party. We've got another other couple of attacking options. Uh, Dan Crowley, who we got in the January transfer window. He's a, a super, super neat and tidy player. Um, the problem we have with Dan is because of his quality, he often will see a pass a second or two before his teammates. So he'll get the ball in the centre circle and he'll want to go boom into a channel or, or whatever. He's almost and, too good. Yeah, abs- yes, yes. <laughs> and we're not there. So he has to check back on himself. By that point, everybody's back in position and it looks as if he's holding on to the ball for far too long, which, of course, by that point he is. But the pass isn't on that he could see five seconds ago. So it's a little bit frustrating that, but Dan Crowley's can definitely unlock the door. He's got a shot on him as well. Loads of championship experience. I think he's probably our best player at the moment, actually, to be honest with you. And uh, another one I'll mention as well. Hopefully he's going to start on Saturday. Uh, uh, Adam Mayer, he's come from absolute nowhere, really. Come through the academy. He's only 18. He'll play left wing back slash attacking left side. Um, got a great cross on him. He'll run and run to the byline, try and get the ball across. Got a good shot on him as well. And uh, just remember that name because he's going to play far higher in in years to come. He's, he's, he's a real, real talent. And uh, hopefully he can have a good day and we can create those chances. The problem, as I say, though, Liam's going to be keeping that back door shut. We're generally okay in normal play. We'll head everything away. We'll clear everything. It won't be a problem. And then we'll just switch off, certainly from set pieces. Uh, so we've got to put that to bed on Saturday. But uh, if you've got a good set piece taker, it might put us in a, in, a, in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I think ironically, um, one of our more, I think since he's come in, I think Sully Kaikai was the one who's been taking them, but he's gone off to Sierra Leone for the international break. So I'm not too oh, sure he'd be on. Might be Dawson the boy potentially on corners. Um, he's not, well, I haven't seen much of him to be honest this season. So he might be in luck. Who knows? <laughs> um, but no, I do think this game is going to come down to, I said to you on your podcast, um, Dave, you know, who's that one player that can create a bit of magic? Um, yeah, sounds like for you, Dan Crowley could be that player. Uh, maybe for us, it'd be someone like Mo Isa or uh, the returning Jonathan Lecco from suspension after he decided to kick a Lincoln player and grab him by the throat. So that was good. Um, so yeah, it'd be one of those guys who you know can essentially get a team of valuable three points. And in our case, you'd like to think put us in a really strong position to stay up. And for you guys, you know, put you in a better position to try and stay up. So um, yeah, it should be quite a tense game. I think both teams will be fairly nervous about it just because of the occasion. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you on again, Dave. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, well, I always wish you the best of luck for Saturday. But I think we need the points <laughs> as much as you do. So uh, <laughs> I hope that's, hopefully I see you next season. Maybe is the right answer. Fingers crossed. I mean, you look at the bottom of the table, uh, and um, I've always said it's it, there's, there's, it's an eight-horse race. Yeah. But I think it's tightening up a little bit now. I mean, Forest Green have gone, obviously. They're going to need snookers in the next couple of weeks. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're already planning for next season. You fear for Cambridge as well, although, as you know, a couple of wins on the bounce, and suddenly everything's looking a lot brighter. But they've got a heck of a lot to do six points from safety and, and worse goal difference. So it's not an irretrievable situation. Then you've got ourselves and Accrington and then Oxford. I think Burton have probably got enough already on 41 points. They're going to pick yeah. a few more up, aren't they? So you'd think they are safe. So with Forest Green down, I think it's probably three from five of which, uh, Hopefully, for for me and you, uh, that's um, Cambridge, Accrington and Oxford. But uh, I think there's a lot of twists and turns to come. We've certainly given ourselves a chance, put it that way. We've given ourselves a chance. I think uh, from our point of view, 
Um, we've got some big games coming up. We've got some really 100%. tough pitches. We've got we've got Barnsley away uh, a week on Saturday, who are not out of the automatic promotion picture. We've uh, still got to play Plymouth. Uh, we've got to go away to Portsmouth, uh, Charlton away, so uh, and Wickham at home as well. Who we are going for the playoffs? So we've got some tough old fixtures coming up. But we did last season, and we were in exactly the same position, and we stayed up. So yeah, you know, yeah. All, all, all hope isn't lost. But I, I agree with you; it's going to be a pretty tight game on Saturday. And of course, Accrington are playing right now, aren't they? As we're recording this against Plymouth, so uh, I mean, we're we can, all we can hope we're, for we're a Plymouth, Plymouth aren't we? We're all Plymouth. <laughs> we definitely can. Um, yeah, thanks again, Dave, for coming on, and best of luck. Uh, no problem, Liam. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday. Hopefully, we'll both stay up. You too, mate. You too. Right, lads. Morecambe, obviously, our, our final game out of the three where we're you know, basing battle match, really. A uh, big game. Uh, two teams fairly similar in some ways. Um, but, Joe, what are your thoughts ahead of Morecambe at home? Well, yeah, Liam, no, I, 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 do, I, I do really enjoy when Dave comes on. He offers great insight into into what's going on at Morecambe. Um, I think I think this game could be similar to the Cambridge one in the fact that, you know, they do have threats, but I think we we should have enough to overcome them. And we should have the confidence as well. I'd like to see us come out of the traps fast. And I, I think we will. Um, Kai Kai is a huge miss for us. Um, but, you know, he's, he's wearing international duty, so more power to him. Uh, well done to him. Um, I think this one may be a bit bit more comfortable and I think we may have a bit more cutting edge in the final third I'm going for 2-0 to the, to the Dons I like it I like it um yeah I think this one Ross obviously you know I know uh I know the shrimps at this time Senegalese players uh, Soare and, and Niasse from Premier League talents of course that Dave spoke about at length about um but this one's interesting from a Dons perspective because obviously with no Kai Kai who's as we've discussed away in his national duty there's a good chance that um Old Tinkerman Jackson comes out again and does his, works his magic on the team. Obviously, um, Jonathan Lecko's back from suspension after his link, linking antics. Um, so, what do you reckon he's going to do in terms of the team? Do you reckon he'll he'll throw Grig back in? Do you reckon he'll throw Lecko straight into the team? Change of formation? What do you reckon? Um, in terms of what we saw, obviously on Saturday, I think the um, ideal move would be for Lecko to come straight back in, but. Obviously, Jackson underlined when he did get a suspension, uh, the player's attitude and everything in itself, they need to say, stay disciplined. And is that something what Jackson's going to stay to and say, well, look, you've got to earn your place in the team now? Um, he could go from that stance, but I'm pretty sure it'll just be Lecco for Kai Kai, just, just in terms of less quite similar players, like to both beat the man. Um, and at times, they both bust their gut to get back. Um, but just going on onto the game, uh, I, I do feel um, it will be another tight game, similar to the previous two, in terms of one goal will separate um, both teams. Um, I think we will edge it, um, but I think the reason why it, it won't be more than 1-0 is Connor Ripley. I, I do believe he's a really good keeper at this level. Um, he saved numerous penalties this year from... Uh, EFL highlights most Sunday mornings. Um, and I just feel um, just through previous results, confidence will be high. And um, I think we'll see see this one out. Yeah, I think in terms of Morecambe's style, it's going to very much just be us having a lot of football, um, just trying to break them down. They're, they're quite a defensive team, as Dave mentioned. So 
it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be one of those old classic Milton Keynes on games where we're told like seventy percent possession. Um, and yeah, I think I think starting quick as Joe mentioned and yeah, Ross also alluded to it, it's going to be key here. You know, getting that early goal, um, sort of removing the you know, the pressure of the occasion potentially, and this it's it is a bit of a big game for the lads. Um, and yeah, hopefully they can sort of you know push through it. Um, as mentioned, you know, some of the, some of the key players that Dave alluded to, uh, Dan Crowley. Um, you know, he's getting a goal contribution every other start, which is really impressive for a team down this end. And you see why he, he was a shrewd acquisition in the January window. Um, really, really solid passer of the football with 90% accuracy and on the season. And, you know, basically an average match rating of seven for the season. And yeah, you mentioned Adam Mayer. Um, probably a new name to most of us, our listeners and definitely a new name to myself when I heard it. But, you know, for a winger um, who's got five goal contributions to 16 starts, not a terrible record. Um, a bit like Tommy Lee, the big chances he created being a five also, especially from the wing, is a, a pretty solid stat and he tends to hog that that left-hand side a lot as a, as a left-footed player. Um, was there any of the players, Ross, that you highlighted that you wanted to bring up? Cole Stockton. <laughs> oh, of course, just, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but I can... Well, I hope he doesn't, but I can see him uh, somehow recovering his worldy form and he scores a 30-yard screamer, just like usual. Um, but no, I... I still think there's a player in there, no matter what people say. I know, obviously, his head at the start of the season, he was looking for the move and he, did, he didn't quite get it. Um, and obviously, he hasn't recovered his form as such, but um, he's out there trying to, obviously, fight for Morecambe's uh, survival. But in terms of an individual, I, I, st- I still believe he's a really good goal scorer at this level in the right team. Yeah, so it was always a debate over the summer where he was going to leave or stay. Um, he ended up staying and... Maybe he hasn't had the game time he wanted to this season because of injuries and other elements. But yeah, I say those type of players don't lose the quality on the day. And uh, yeah, be interesting what happens. Uh, Joe, any any final thoughts on Morecambe before we head off? Um, yeah, I think you know, as you say, Morecambe do have a bit of quality littered around. So um, and more, some of them are more than capable of um, producing on the day in a moment out of nowhere. So I think you know they've got some match winners that maybe Accrington didn't have. Um, so just just a, just a little bit thing to thing to be wary of. But I think overall we should have too much for them. Yeah, you're, you're certainly not to think, so, especially on our form. Um, but yeah, if you are going to say don't okay, um, enjoy the hopefully you enjoy the game. Obviously, with the recent potential train train strike announcements being delayed, obviously get your Wiccan tickets for the away match uh, the following Saturday uh, on April Fool's Day. Funnily enough, um, so we're hopefully we're expecting a, a crowd of a thousand plus of Don's fans heading down to Wickham on the Saturday. Uh, and of course, it was a massive game last season. It's a massive game this season um, in our in our fight for survival. So make sure you grab your tickets down there and uh, and join us for the game. But until then, come on, you nons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.